morning, everyone. Lovely to see you. Hope you're doing well. Uh, for those who don't know me, yes, I am Nate, and uh, my privilege to serve as the pastor here at Richmond. And uh, I'm very excited because today we're kicking off a new series, which we're going to be spending uh, the time leading up to Easter focusing on prayer. So I want to kick things off by asking you, what is the first thing that comes to mind when you think about what prayer is? So just take a moment. What's the first thing that comes to mind for you when you think about prayer? For some of us, we might think about formal prayers, so uh, we might think about that in a very formal setting or prayers like the Lord's Prayer or kind of set prayers, so some of us might think about that immediately. Some of us might think about praying before we eat, so grace, saying grace and saying thank you to God for food, we might think about prayer that way. Some of us might think about prayer in terms of praying for somebody else, uh, someone who's going through a difficult time or processing something big and being able to pray for them. Uh, Some of us might say, when I think about prayer, I feel very uncomfortable, and particularly the idea, the idea of praying out loud makes me feel very, very uncomfortable, and so when I think about prayer, I kind of get a little twitchy, hopefully we'll help you with that as we make our way through this series. Uh, Some of you might think about spending time on a daily basis with Jesus, so whether that's in the morning or in the evening, but being able to have your daily prayer time. And some of us might think about prayer as in going for a walk and spending some time praying or going for a walk along the beach or going and sitting in a park. Uh, All of those things are valid parts of prayer. And actually, there's a whole lot more, which is what we're going to explore as we move into this time. Uh, As we've entered into this year and process what it means, we talked about this over the last couple of weeks, about what it means to be living and loving the way of Jesus wherever we are, uh, prayer has emerged as a key practice that we are sensing that we want and need to focus on as a community together uh, because prayer opens up so much else that's a part of our spiritual journeys. And so we have talked many times, including the last couple of weeks, about why we're here as a church, which is to make disciples. Hopefully no surprises there for you. So we are here to help each other, to urge each other on, to encourage each other about what it means to be apprentices of Jesus, where we're not just learning stuff about Jesus, but we're putting into practice what it means to be people who are following the way of Jesus. And uh, we've used this picture of soil seeds and nutrients to kind of talk about the idea of what sort of environment we're trying to create. So the soil is our relationships. So our goal is to spend time being able to create some healthy soil where we're authentic and we're real and we're honest and we're talking about stuff that's going on for us. And into that soil, into the relational soil, we plant practices, rhythms and practices. So different things that we are doing in our walk with Jesus, we plant those seeds into the soil. But if you know anything about gardening, you know that just planting some seeds in soil doesn't mean that it grows. It needs nutrients. And so we recognize that it's not just about what we do, but it's about being able to tap into what God is able to do. And so the nutrients are that sense of dependence on God and the recognition that God's the one who does the change in our lives. It's not just about us trying to work harder. And so we kind of sense that the key seed that we're feeling like we want to focus on in the first half of this year and plant in our relational soil is prayer. And so that's what we're going to be talking about in the lead up to Easter. So a quick note here that uh, some years we spend time talking about Lent. So some of you would be aware that uh, this week Lent started. So did anyone do anything on Shrove Pancake Tuesday? Yes, a few people, very good. Uh, Or on Ash Wednesday, did anyone do anything specific for that? So Ash Wednesday is when Lent kicks off, and it's the 40 days leading up to Easter, which if you're good at maths, uh, recognize that 40 days between last Wednesday and Easter doesn't actually get you to Easter. And the reason for that is because Sundays don't actually count. 
So Sundays during Lent, which I only found out a few years ago, are supposed to be a break from the things that we fast from at Lent if we choose to do that. Which if you've fasted through Lent from Ash Wednesday all the way up to Easter, you might be a little bit bitter that you're like, you mean on Sundays I could have eaten chocolate, <laughs> drunk coffee, done all those things, and I'm like, you're kidding me? <laughs> yes, that is absolutely true. So that's why the 40 days fits in, is because there is a recognition that this isn't the end. It is a time of us preparing ourselves for Easter, but it's also a recognition that what we get to celebrate on Easter Sunday with the resurrection of Jesus is something that we get to celebrate every single week. And uh, so Sundays are a break from that. So that's the 40 days. So often in Lent, we will do a Lent series that helps us to prepare the way to Easter. And so we'll spend some time talking about Jesus's journey to the cross or talking about a whole bunch of things that might be related to that. This year, we're not going to do a specific series in that way. However, as we've talked about it, I can't think of much else that we could focus on more than prayer that is going to help us get ready for Easter because it's going to open up a whole bunch of stuff for us. And so we still want to encourage you to uh, participate in Lenten practices if that is helpful for you. So if you do want to give something up for Lent as a part of your spiritual journey, that's great. And there are lots of great resources around as well that can help you to focus in on that. So Common Grace uh, has a set of daily emails that they're releasing throughout Lent that are really helpful and reflective. Um, and then the Lectio 365 app, which I'm going to talk more about uh, today, also is focusing on Lent. So there are other ways of you being able to access that if that's helpful for you. But today we are going to uh, jump into this series and talk about why prayer matters, uh, what prayer is, and explore a model of prayer that Jesus gave us, something called the Lord's Prayer, which many of us would be very, very familiar with, uh, as a model and a map for what prayer can be. The next four weeks then, we're going to spend some time exploring the acronym PRAY, which comes from the team at Lectio 365. So that's an app that you can download. Many of us use that on a regular basis as a part of our daily uh, morning and evening reflections. Uh, really, really fantastic uh, app that's very, very useful. And so the rundown that is used in that is P-R-A-Y, which is P is for pause, so being able to just stop. R is for rejoice and reflect, so rejoice in who God is and reflect on a scripture. A is ask, and then Y is yield, surrendering ourselves to what it is that we're sensing Jesus is saying to us. And so many of us use that on a daily basis, and so we thought we'd use that. There are lots of different ways that we could have addressed the topic of prayer, but we feel like that's a helpful one. And so each of the next four weeks, we're going to look at one of those different topics. And then the final week is going to be a Q&R week, where we've got an opportunity to be able to process through any questions that might come up. And so throughout this series, if at any point you're like, yeah, but what about this? Or how does this work, or I've always had this question about prayer, you can send those to me at any point, and in the final week, we'll take some time uh, to be able to explore what those look like. But we're also hoping that on that day, we can share some stories and be able to hear a bit of each other's journeys through these next six weeks and what we're exploring through prayer. Um, and so, yeah, as we go into this series, one of the things that we're wondering about in terms of how we share stories, because we know there are a lot of you who are very hesitant to come anywhere past here. You get very, very scared and don't, no way, no chance I'm coming up and saying anything. So we thought maybe you might like to, at some point throughout this series, just take a short, like literally 30 second video of yourself. And it doesn't need to be fancy. It doesn't need to be polished. Just something saying, I'm processing this, or I've been thinking about this, or this has been really helpful, or this has been really 
really hard and to be able to then again share those with me so that we can collate a whole bunch of them when we share some stories. So you might like to do that at any point throughout this. But as we're talking about that this week, we also said that might even be helpful for you to be able to capture your own journey. So you might like to take a video on a regular basis over the next six weeks just for your own purposes, that you can then look back throughout the next six weeks at the end of it and say, yeah, look at where I've changed, look at the things that I've embraced, look at the things I've been doing. Uh, so if that's helpful for you, we'd love you to do that, and then we'd love you to send some of those to us as well. So that is uh, the plan as we move into uh, the next little while. Each week we have got a resource sheet available. So this is similar to what we did last year for those of you who were around in July when we did our Sabbath series where we produced a whole bunch of resources that are experiments that we want you to be able to try. Uh, because the purpose of what we're doing in this series is to be able to practice prayer, not just think about prayer and say, yes, those are nice thoughts, but actually put it into practice. Um, when we did the Sabbath one, we had a whole booklet with, that was for the whole series. This time we're going to do it week by week. So there are some of these at the back there, and it will also get emailed out in our weekly email this week. And uh, so the first page is uh, some options that you can explore through. I'll talk more about them a little bit long, uh, later. Uh, and also exploring through the Lord's Prayer, which I'm also going to talk about a bit later. And then there are some reflection questions each week for you to just pause at some point through the week and have a bit of a think about what's going on. And then this week, there are also some additional resources. So if you really get into it and you're really, really keen, there's a bunch of books that you can read. There are some podcasts that you can listen to, uh, some other things that you might like to explore as well. So each week, the aim is to just pick a couple of things off of here and say, I'm going to try those out and see how that goes. However, we also want to encourage you to do at least one of those things with someone else. One of the dangers with prayer is that it becomes very much just about my personal journey with Jesus and that's it, which is important. Uh, but there is something so much richer when we do these things together and where we're learning together. And so as you pick something each week, we would encourage you to pick at least one thing that you're then doing with someone else or talking about with someone else or reflecting with someone else. Uh, throughout this series, we're going to be spending time looking at some of this stuff in our gospel groups, so our small groups that meet during the week. So if you're not plugged into one of them, you're welcome to show up to any of those. You can come and have a chat and I can tell you more about those. Uh, and you're welcome just to come for this series and then not go back. That's okay if you want to participate this way. But we're also hoping that this might be an opportunity uh, for us just to, for people who aren't in groups. If you would just like to do something for the next six weeks, uh, then we want to kind of gather some people together that way. So uh, the little QR code there, and there'll be a link in tomorrow's email, is if you're not currently in a group and you're just like, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing some stuff with some other people, then fill that form out, and then we'll kind of see uh, who wants to get together and see what that can look like as well. We've also then got a sheet of prayers and meditations that you can use. So this is kind of a set of set prayers that you could use in all sorts of different ways, including some evening prayers and some breathing prayers. So you can grab one of those uh, today as well, and that will also be in the weekly email. And then for our families, uh, we've produced a set of activities that are specifically for families for you to be able to do with your kids as well. And so they'll be getting this uh, at the end of Kids Church today, um, and that will also be in the email tomorrow. So that we can use that. So our hope is that we lean into this and say, yes, I want to practice a whole bunch of stuff. A lot of resources around that, not to be overwhelmed with, but just to be able to say, here's a menu, just pick some things that you would like to try and see how that goes. 
One last note before we jump into what prayer is, is that a lot of the resources that we are using and some of the thoughts that we're using through this come from a couple of key sources. So uh, 24-7 Prayer Network, who some of you might have heard of, are a great global organization who really emphasize what prayer looks like. And they have a course called The Prayer Course very creative title, uh, that is quite exceptional. And so some of what we're going to be talking about comes from them. But 24-7 is also the organization that produced the Lectio 365 app. So we're obviously leaning into that too. And then uh, Practicing the Way is another great group of people who are producing a whole bunch of discipleship practice uh, rhythms. And so the Sabbath one that we did last year came from them. We'll be using some of their stuff as well. And so we're really grateful that there are some people around the world who are so incredibly generous to just give a whole bunch of this stuff away and for us to be able to lean on their wisdom and ideas uh, as a part of this as well. So let's dive in and spend a bit of time talking about what prayer is today. And uh, so if you have the Bible app on your phone, uh, you can pull that out. And there are a bunch of Bible notes there that you can jot some things down that you would like to keep thinking about uh, if that's helpful for you as well. So we'll start by what is prayer? What exactly is prayer? I've often heard, and I realized during the week, have often communicated that prayer is communication. So you've possibly heard that before, that prayer is communicating with God. And generally, we've emphasized that because we want to recognize it's not just talking to God, which is what a lot of our defaults are. Prayer is about me talking to God. But we say, no, it's communicating with God. And communication involves listening as well. So it's talking and listening. But as I've been processing about this series and where we're heading, and as I've been processing more about what I've been digging into uh, around prayer over the last number of years, I think it's far more than just communicating with God. It's actually about communing with God. So it's not just about us talking and listening to God, but it is about being with God. So a whole bunch of quotes that I found about prayer to help us to lean into some of this. St. Therese of Lisieux said, Prayer is a surge of the heart. It's a simple look turned toward heaven. It's a cry of recognition and of love, embracing both trial and joy. St. Augustine said, Whether we realize it or not, prayer is the encounter of God's thirst with ours. God thirsts that we may thirst for him. Teresa of Avila said, Prayer is nothing else than being on terms of friendship with God. Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher, said, True prayer is neither a mere mental exercise nor a vocal performance. It's far deeper than that. It's a spiritual transaction with the creator of heaven and earth. Martin Luther said, To be a Christian without prayer is no more possible than to be alive without breathing. And Corey Ten Boom said, What wings are to a bird and sails to a ship, so is prayer to the soul. One of the things I think is really important as we lean into what prayer is, is that the goal of prayer is not to get good at prayer. The goal of prayer is so that we can spend time with God. Not overthinking it, all these different things that I'm supposed to be doing, but being able to say, how do I just spend time with God? Increase my awareness that God is with me every single moment of every day. And for many of us, I certainly know that this has been my journey for a lot of my life, prayer has been this task that we feel like we're supposed to do. Has anyone else had that thought ever? I should pray more. Anyone ever thought that? I'm sure there's a couple of us. And so it becomes this to-do list item. I will spend 10 minutes at the start of my day praying, 
probably also feeling like I should be reading my Bible as well. And so I'll do those two things and then I can tick that off my list and say, well, I've done that. I've done what I said that I needed to do. I've fulfilled my duty. But prayer is supposed to be so much richer and so much deeper than just saying, I need to spend 10 minutes doing this. It's about us choosing to recognize that we are constantly in the presence of the creator of the universe who knows everything about us and loves us to the core of who we are. And that's staggering when you stop and think about it. It's simply about recognizing that the God who created the universe knows me to the core of who I am and is with me 100% of the time. That's really what prayer is about, is just tuning in to that reality. Prayer is about restoration. Prayer is about recalibration. It's about stilling ourselves, like a pond that's been stirred up because someone threw a rock in it. It's all kind of all over the place, but then just stilling so that you can see things clearly. You can see things the way that they are. And as I've been prepping for this series, there's a couple of powerful pictures for me that have come through about how we might be able to think about what prayer is. The first is the imagery of a river. And this actually came from the Lectio 365 app. So uh, if you were following along with that last week, you would know that we spent some time in Ezekiel, which was kind of freaky. There's a whole bunch of stuff going on there that was pretty crazy. But one of the things that did come through from Ezekiel chapter 47 was this picture of a river. That was flowing from the temple, which is understood simply as the place where God is. And so these verses I read last week, and I was like, that is such a powerful and helpful picture of what prayer is all about. So in Ezekiel chapter 47, verse 7, it says, When I returned, I was surprised by the sight of many trees growing on both sides of the river. Then God said to me, This river flows east through the desert into the valley of the Dead Sea. The waters of this stream will make the salty waters of the Dead Sea fresh and pure. There'll be swarms of living things wherever the water of this river flows. Fish will abound in the Dead Sea, for its waters will become fresh. Life will flourish wherever this water flows. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow along both sides of the river. The leaves of these trees will never turn brown and fall, and there will always be fruit on their branches. There'll be a new crop every month for they are watered by the river flowing from the temple. The fruit will be for food and the leaves for healing. I just was so blown away by that picture of a river that is just constantly flowing. And this recognition that for the trees that are on the side of the river, they don't have to do anything. They just have to sink their roots into the river. And as they do that, fruit is produced. Their leaves that can heal are very, very healthy. But also this beautiful picture of the river flowing into the Dead Sea. So I'm sure most of us know about the Dead Sea, that it doesn't empty out anywhere, and so it becomes very, very salty, which is why you can float in it very, very easily. But the image that's here is this image of fresh water coming from the river and flowing into the Dead Sea and freshening it all up so that fish are able to flourish and swim around and have a great time. Again, the fish don't have to do anything. They just have to be in the flow of the river. And so I was thinking that our purpose in prayer is not to try and create water, which is sometimes what I feel like prayer is supposed to be about. It's about us recognizing the river is flowing. And so just stop there long enough to receive the nutrients that are already there. Another image, which I've been using for our slides for this series, is the image of a gentle breeze. 
And prayer is about, not about us trying to generate wind. There are some kind of overlays in terms of hot wind and talking too much, but it's not about us generating wind, but to stop and allow the breeze simply to be able to blow, to just stop and feel the breeze, to breathe in the fresh air. Often when it's hot, in our place, I'm sure it's similar for you, kind of shut things down, close all the windows, close all the doors, close the curtains sometimes just to keep the heat out. And while the air conditioning is great, at some point it just starts to feel a bit stifling. And at some point the hot weather finishes and a cool southerly starts to kick in and our house faces south and so we open up our front door and we open up our front windows and then we open up the back door and the breeze just flows through and it's so refreshing, just clears everything out, we can breathe again and feel refreshed in that. Once again, we don't have to actually do anything, we just have to open up the door to allow the breeze to flow. And my sense is that for us, when we think about prayer, it's helpful for us to recognize that too. It's not about us sitting and trying to create wind or create breeze, but just to open the door and let the breeze in. And so as we enter into this series, I want to encourage you to pick one or both of those images and to think about whether that's helpful for you, that as you approach prayer, as you practice prayer over the coming weeks, are you trying to generate something yourself or are you allowing yourself simply to be by the river, allowing yourself to open up the door and let the breeze blow. The purpose of the next six weeks is not for us to do a course so that we can learn some things and graduate at the end. Congratulations, you have got your certificate in prayer. Well done, and be able to move on. Nor is it supposed to be a set of things that we pile onto our already full lives. Great, here's another set of things that I'm supposed to add into my life and I already don't have enough time for everything. The hope and the desire of this series is that it's an opportunity to be able to enter into the reality that God is with us 100% of the time and to then allow ourselves to be shaped by God's presence, to be shaped by God's peace, to be shaped by God's goodness, to be shaped by God's power. We are going to explore a whole range of different tools to be able to enable us to do that, but the point is not the tools. The point is for us to be able to discover and experiment and probably fail, step forward sometimes, step sideways sometimes, step backwards sometimes, practice and experiment some more, and then reflect on what we're discovering that's then going to be helpful for us as we continue on from this series. So, why should we pray then? It's another helpful question for us to think about because if it is just about us letting the river flow or letting the breeze blow, isn't that just happening all the time? Can't I just go about my life and just, yep, acknowledge that, that's true. Why do I need to be intentional about it? Can't I just assume that God's with me and go about my life? And here's where I've consistently landed on this question, why is prayer important? And it's a very simple answer, because Jesus prayed something that absolutely blows my mind every time I stop and think about it. We have a number of examples throughout Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, the biographies about Jesus, where we read that Jesus stopped and prayed. And some of them we can tune into and we might say, yeah, but that was Jesus, like he needed to for these reasons. So some good examples of that, Matthew 4, Mark 1 and Luke 4 is where Jesus goes out into the wilderness for 40 days and 40 nights and spends time fasting and praying. And we know that that was a part of him preparing himself for what he was about to enter into. And so we might write that off and say, yeah, but well, obviously he needed to get ready, like he was going to be doing a lot of stuff. And so that's why he had to have that time. 
But I've asked myself this week, aren't there times when I need to stop because there's something significant coming up or I feel like there's something going on and something's about to shift and so I need to spend some time in prayer? Aren't there moments in my life where that's true as well? In Luke chapter 6, we read that Jesus spent all night praying and then the next day he got up and he chose his disciples. And so again, we might write that off of, well, of course, Jesus, that was a big decision. These are the people who are going to carry the message of Jesus forward and plant the church at the end of the day. And so that was a big, big deal. Of course, Jesus needed to pray during that. But again, I've been challenged. Are there big decisions that I have to make in my life at times? Do I stop and spend time praying and getting God's perspective on that? Luke chapter 22 is a passage that's very familiar for us, especially as we head towards Easter. Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane pouring his heart out to God and saying, if there's any other way that this can happen, I would love to explore that. So, again, we can write that off and say, yeah, well, that, Jesus, like, look at what he was about to go into. But are there times in my life where I'm feeling overwhelmed, where I'm feeling like things are out of control, where I need to pour my, my heart out to God as well? But what really blows my mind is not just that we have those snapshots. It would make sense if we saw those, that those are the times that we're told that Jesus prayed. However, we are told over and over and over again for no reason that Jesus went and prayed. So we've got those verses in front of you. Mark chapter 14, verse 23. Sorry, Matthew 14, 23. Mark 1, 35. Luke 5, 16. Luke 9, 18. All of those, we're told that Jesus withdrew and spent time praying over and over again. This was a part of Jesus's journey where he would pull away from everyone and he would spend time in prayer. Then in Luke chapter 9 verse 28, we're also told that Jesus went off by himself up a mountain, took Peter, James and John with him to spend some time praying as well. So we often talk about how we're here to follow the way of Jesus. And so part of it is, well, if this is something that Jesus did, it's something that we want to do because we want to follow the way that Jesus lived his life. But even more than that, I'm always blown away to say, if Jesus needed to pray, Jesus, who is God himself, who came to earth <laughs> as one of us, if Jesus needed to pray, I'm pretty sure I need to pretty sure it's important for me to do it if Jesus needed to do it. If there's anyone who could say, I'm in the flow of God's presence all the time, I'm completely aware of what God is up to, and I know what that looks like, it would be Jesus. And yet as Jesus enters into our humanity, he shows us that prayer matters. He shows us that prayer is absolutely crucial to be able to pull ourselves away from everything that's going on and to recalibrate, to get a sense of God's perspective, to let off steam to allow ourselves to be refilled. So hopefully we've got a bit of a picture of what prayer is and why it's important. And so today we want to just spend a few moments talking about how we can pray. As I said, this is what the rest of the series is going to be about, but we want to explore one of those ways this time. And this is actually a question that Jesus' disciples came and asked him. And they said, Jesus, can you teach us how to pray? And so a passage that is familiar to many of us, Luke chapter 11, verses 1 to 4. One day Jesus was in a certain place praying, and as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray just as John, John the Baptist, taught his disciples. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. Father, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food that we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. 
I've deliberately not used the Matthew version, which many of us would be more familiar with, which is what the Lord's Prayer in most contexts is used as. This has some slightly different wording. That's very deliberate because it's important for us to understand what Jesus is trying to do here. This prayer that Jesus gives his disciples and then gets passed down to us is something that can be used as a model and as a map. So first of all, as a model, sometimes when we pray, it is helpful to have someone else's words to enable us to be able to say, yep, that's one way of me entering into prayer. So we can kind of think of it like a blueprint for us to be able to follow or a 3D model. We can look at it and say, okay, this is what this is going to look like. And so, as I mentioned, we've got this resource sheet. There's a whole bunch of sets of prayers that are on here, as well as Jesus's prayer, that are a great place to be able to start. If you feel like, I don't know what to say, I don't know what to pray, then take someone else's words and use them as your starting point can give some language that's helpful and that we feel, oh, yeah, that really resonates with where I'm at today. And so I can tap into prayer that way. Also is something that can be helpful to keep us on track. So sometimes we can get so distracted in prayer because it's like, what am I supposed to be praying? How am I supposed to be praying? What am I supposed to be doing here? So having a set prayer in front of us helps us to stay on track. And then it can also be useful for us to be able to pray at set times. So one of the traditions that's been in the church for a very long time is the idea of stopping in the middle of the day and praying, again, tuning into an awareness of God's presence with us. And so being able to have a set prayer, like Jesus' prayer, can be a helpful way of us just being able to pause and pray some words that are familiar to us and then continue on with what we're doing. So that's one way of thinking about it as a model. Another way of thinking about it is a map. And uh, many of you are aware that Rach and I went to Taylor Swift on Friday nights, which was a very, very good night. Uh, yes, exceptional on a whole range of levels. Feel free to ask her about it afterwards. It was great. Uh, and I was reminded as we drove over to Melbourne, very early start on Friday morning, uh, as we drove over there, uh, about a couple of dangers with maps. So one of them, because we used the map to get to Melbourne, one of the dangers is that you are so focused on the map that you actually forget about the destination. So the point is not the map. The point is not just focusing on the map. The point is that the map takes you somewhere to ultimately where you want to end up. So we use a map so that we could get to Melbourne, not so that we could just drive around with a map in front of us. But I also realise, especially on the way home when we were driving back yesterday, that we can be so focused on the details of the map that we forget to actually enjoy the journey. We're so focused on how long is it until this next thing? How long is it until I need to turn there? What's the exit? What am I supposed to be doing? How much longer until? What if I miss an instruction? What's going on? We're so obsessed about the map that we forget to look out the window and actually enjoy the ride. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy everything that's happening around us. And I think that there's some overlap with that in prayer for us, especially with a prayer like the Lord's Prayer. Because the map, the Lord's Prayer, isn't the destination. It's the map that helps us to be able to enter into an awareness of God's presence with us. But we also want to make sure that we're not so focused on the details of the map, the detail of the prayer, that we miss the opportunity of what we're learning and what we're discovering and all the things that are happening around us. We can be so obsessed with how do I get better at prayer, how do I use this map properly, that we can forget to actually enjoy the ride as we go and all the things that are going to unfold for us in the weeks ahead. So this week, there is an opportunity to use the Lord's Prayer as a model, just use it as the words that are there, but also as a map. So in the resource sheet on the inside, there is a huge rundown there to be able to take each line of Jesus's prayer and to reflect on some questions. What does this mean for me? 
So our Father, which we've added the hour to it rather than what was in that exact translation, is a reminder of who God is, that God loves us as his kids, that our relationship with God is supposed to be a relationship, a close relationship with a God who loves us, but also a reminder that we're a part of a wider family, that it's our Father, not my Father, and so we are connected with other people as we enter into this prayer. May your name be kept holy. Other translations talk about hallowed be your name. And it's this recognition, the word holy just means set apart, that God is so staggeringly other. The message talks about this idea of revealing who you are, God. It's us stopping long enough to recognize just how staggeringly amazing God is. May your kingdom come soon. This reminder that we are a part of God's kingdom. That this is how life is with God 100% of the time. But God's desire through Jesus is that we experience the kingdom in the here and now. That the kingdom becomes a reality in our lives. To be able to experience justice and generosity and joy and beauty and all these things that we believe are kingdom values. God's desire is for us to enter into that and to experience that in the here and now. Give us each day the food that we need. A reminder that God wants to provide for our needs not necessarily our wants, but our needs, and wants to hear what those things are. It's okay to come to God and say, this is what's going on for me. Forgive us our sins. We've often talked about how sin is the idea of simply missing the mark. Think about a, a bullseye in archery, and the bullseye that we're aiming for is to love perfectly 100% of the time. I don't know about you, but I fail that consistently. So regularly throughout the day, I don't love perfectly. I make decisions that are self-centered, and because of what I want rather than what's best for others. There are times when I cause brokenness in other people's lives. And so we come into prayer to be able to unload those things. Say, God, I'm sorry. I know that I didn't live the way that I want to, but also to experience the release that comes from knowing that we are forgiven because of Jesus. And we forgive those who sinned against us. We recognize that other people also don't love perfectly 100% of the time. They mess up and they cause brokenness that we sometimes experience as well. But we don't want to allow that to take a hold on us. And so forgiveness is about us being able to release that. And then don't let us yield to temptation. The recognition that we have an enemy, a spiritual deceiver who wants to come and just mess us up, wants to keep us away from God, wants to keep us away from being able to live as kingdom people. And so we spend some time saying, God, give me clarity. Give me protection. Help me to be able to live the way that I want to live. And so when you stop and think about that as a rundown, by the time you just spend a couple of moments thinking about each of those, that's a fairly significant amount of time that we can spend praying. Again, it's not a formula for us to follow. It's a map that hopefully then takes us into a greater awareness of God's presence with us. So that's one of the options that we want to encourage you to be able to try out this week, to try that at some point or try it multiple times throughout the week. Some of the other options that we've got there, so one is to create a daily prayer rhythm, so simply to answer the questions, when will I pray, where will I pray, how will I pray, and how long will I pray, to set up some kind of rhythm, to say I'm going to try and do that this time, this time, and this time, and be able to set that up. You might like to try that 
You might like to try downloading an app, so if you've never tried out Lectio 365, you might want to try that, but there are some other options that you can look at as well. Try praying in some different spaces, using one of the set prayers from the resource sheet, uh, using a song as a prayer, so just consciously tuning in to the words of a song and using that as a prayer. Or you might want to experience wi- uh, experiment with embodied prayer, so actually using your body and physically doing some things that enable you to enter into prayer. So there's a whole bunch of options for you to try. Now, encouragement is to simply pick two or three of those things throughout this week and give them a try. And as I said earlier, try one of those at least with someone else. Couple of last things before we wrap up our message, just to remind you about, and these are the same things that we talked about heading into our Sabbath series. So these are some really important things that I know for some of us we really, really need to remember as we get started. The first is to start small. So be realistic about the goals that you're setting as we move into this series. I remember my youth pastor when I was in my 20s giving me some spectacular advice. Don't try and go from zero to 100 all at once. So in particular, when we were talking about praying and reading scripture more regularly, he said, if you have never done that on a daily basis, don't try and set a goal that you're going to do it every week. If you can do that, that's great, but it's probably more realistic to say, I'm going to just try it three times this week. I'm just going to try it five times this week. So be realistic and set small goals that you know that you're able to achieve. But the other thing in terms of starting small is not pretending to be something that we're not. This is one of the dangers with prayer is that we think that we need to be like this. Prayer is about us being real and honest and vulnerable with God. Eugene Peterson had this great quote. When we pray, we don't become more like anyone else, especially the great ones in prayer. We become more ourselves. So the goals that we set are not, I want to become like this person. The goals are, what are the things that are going to help me to be more of me? in the way that I pray. So first of all, start small. Secondly, think subtraction, not addition. And this is a huge one for most of us because I know so many of us have very, very packed lives. And so the idea of saying, I've got to pile this on top of what I'm already doing is not going to work. The question that we need to ask is, what can I stop to create space for this? And this may be where there's some helpful overlap with Lent that if you are going to give something up for Lent, it might be to enable you to be able to pick up this as a practice. So it might be about saying I'm going to spend 15 minutes less time on social media a day and use that time to pray. I'm going to watch one less episode of that show that I'm streaming per day or per week, whatever you do, and be able to use that to pray. It may be that I'm going to shut my phone down earlier before I go to bed so that I can create some space to be able to pray. It may be not using your phone until you've spent some time praying in the morning. So what can you cut out? What can you take away to create space from this rather than feeling like this is something I've got to add into my already full life? Thirdly, you get out what you put in. That's true in most things in life. Whatever you put into it is going to have a fairly significant impact on what you get out of it. But with prayer, honestly, showing up is half the battle. Just actually making the time is as important as anything else. And so being able to say, I get out of it what I put in, so I'm just going to prioritize this, is hugely important. Remember the J-curve. This is something that we talked about with that last series, that when we learn most things, there is a bit of a drop-off first before we see an uptake. And so when you try anything new, sometimes it feels worse, not better. And so being ready for that. That it's okay if you find prayer difficult. Is there anyone who would say, I find prayer easy? 
I thought that might be the case. I was going to say, if you do, great, you can come and help us lead some of what we're going to be talking about, because I certainly don't. I think most of us find prayer something that is challenging, and that's okay. So, as we enter into this, expect that it's going to be challenging. That doesn't mean that it's not worthwhile. And there will be a point when you start to say, okay, this is starting to move me forward. And then the final thing is there is no formation without repetition. If we want to allow ourselves to be shaped like Jesus, it's not going to happen because we just flick a switch. When we did the Sabbath practice, we talked about the idea of devices that we are just tuned into pressing magic buttons that enable all sorts of different things to happen. TVs to come on, being able to listen to music, turn on air conditioning, whatever it might be. And that's just not how it works in our spiritual journeys. There are no magic buttons. It's about formation over time, about practicing and practicing and practicing, putting things into practice, trying and trying again. One of the things that's on all of the sheets throughout this is that the aim is not perfection. The aim is practice. The aim of what we're moving into this is not to become perfect at praying, but simply to be able to practice. So hopefully that sets us up well for where we're going to head over the next little while. As I said, we would love you to be not feeling like this is just something you have to do on your own, uh, but to be able to do with other people. But I wonder what could happen if we did spend the next six weeks intentionally and consciously together sitting by the river. Or if we spent the next six weeks intentionally opening up the door and allowing the breeze to blow. What could happen in our lives individually and in our lives collectively if over the next six weeks prayer did become a more regular part of our lives? Wherever we're at now, it became something that was a more regular part of it. What would happen if we spent more of our lives feeling like we are actually refreshed, feeling like we are recalibrated, feeling like we are recharged, feeling like we are refocused? What could happen if we got to Easter and all of us would say, yes, Something has shifted in me. What could happen if we tune into this reality that the God of the universe loves us to the core of who we are? And we started our day there and we spent time regularly throughout the day tuning into that reality and we ended our day there. It's recognition that God is with us all the time. There is nothing that God's not aware of. What would that change in us if we were able to tap into that? So I hope that you are excited about it or at least have a little bit of a sense of anticipation about being able to step into this or that you're at least willing to go on the journey with us. The sense that it is something that's going to be really, really significant. But as I said at the beginning, it's not just about us. It's not just about us planting the seeds in our relational soil. This is about us being able to depend on God and to tap into his resources. So with that in mind, I'm going to pray. And uh, then we're going to sing a final song for this part of our gathering and uh, move into some more conversations where hopefully you unpack this. And if you have other questions, please feel free to come and chat. We'd love to talk to you more about it. But let's pray. King Jesus, we are so grateful for this beautiful, powerful, amazing thing that is called prayer. We're grateful that prayer has been a part of the dynamics of the people of God throughout history and we're grateful that you would choose to show us what a life of prayer looks like we're challenged by that we're humbled by that reality that if even you needed to pray surely it's something that's important for us 
But so many of us have had journeys where prayer has become this obligatory thing that's another thing we have to pile on top of our to-do lists or where our focus has just been about being able to get good at prayer so that we can tick something else off of our lists. Ultimately, we know that prayer is simply about us opening ourselves up to what you are doing and what you want to do in us and through us. And so as we move into this series, I pray that it doesn't feel like something that's heavy and weighty and a whole bunch of extra things that we need to focus on, but that rather it does feel like us opening up a door and allowing a fresh breeze to come through, sitting by a river and allowing ourselves to be refreshed. I pray that you would keep those pictures in our minds as we move into this. And in those days where we're like, oh, I've got to do that thing because we're supposed to do it, would you change our perspectives and remind us ultimately what we're trying to do with this. And we thank you that in the midst of that, you meet us. And we know there's all sorts of different ways in which that can happen. And so we look forward to what it is that you might do in us and through us as we spend this time experimenting, as we spend this time practicing. We're grateful that there's not just one way of us being able to pray. There are so many different ways of us being able to spend time with you that match with our personalities and the sorts of people that we are. And so my prayer is that for each one of us over these next six weeks, we can take the time to be able to explore that and to experience that, to be able to sit with you and allow you to do what only you can do. In your name we pray. Amen.